Gotcha. I killed Hitler. Warning. Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. guys welcome to another episode of supernatural the crossroads i am your host thomas cowley and the only person joined in studio with me today is michael flores hello because once again ryan is pathetic no he's he's out of town or yeah. something i no, don't know no, no. you're right, you were right the first yeah. time okay yeah i don't keep track anymore no. he just flies in and flies out whenever the fuck he wants you to. know he was getting a little too ballsy a little uppity too because he's all like hey mike you know how you set up Certain people on the hosts, you know, certain hosts with like um, travel kits to do shows like like when they move. But could you think you can do that for me? And I just looked at like, no, dude. So you could do it from the house. Yeah. Get to the <laughs> studio. What a lazy motherfucker. Would, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Guys, today we're talking about season 12, episode 10. Lily Sunder has some regrets. This is the 251st episode of Supernatural. Yeah. Not exactly as special as 250, but you know. Who cares? Yeah. Right? There's another episode. That's all we care about. I think we should celebrate every episode that comes out. Just like, you know, streamers and fireworks yeah. and everything. Out your ass. <laughs> I have to put a firework up my ass? Yeah. That's going to be a different show. That's where we need those crotch cams, right? Yeah, available on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see firecrackers come, come out of our ass? Yeah, Patreon. Patreon, guys. You that's guys, where you all the good stuff lies. Get more than they bargained for. <laughs> or ever that you ever wanted. Oh, so yeah, there was somebody that asked for the crotch cams. Like, I, I know, they I, know were, I know they were joking, but it was really funny because they're were like, they? hey, guys, this is great production value and all. But what about those crotch cams you guys are talking about? I'm like, oh, it was a joke. We're working on it. it we have to mount stuff to the bottom of the desk. It's a whole crotch. thing. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, the, if they want to pay for, you know, crotch cams, man, you got to let the people have what they want. Yeah. So, guys, we're talking about Lily Sunder, a new character introduced into Supernatural. We're talking about Castiel's background, as well as we've got some Supernatural news, as always. Mm -hmm. uh, whether or not we agree or disagree, or it's going to be something we kind of talk about on some things that Supernatural could change for Season 12. This is an opinion piece that we're going to be discussing from, was it TV Guide? Or Buddy TV. Not I don't even know what Buddy TV is. But this episode had a bit of a Kill Bill feeling it oh, yeah. had that ensemble cast the opening fight was very kill bill reminiscent some of the characters look straight out of the movie yeah including lily sunder even the uh, way they were like positioned is oh, reminiscent yeah. yeah yeah i mean i couldn't find anything on the net whether or not dab was actually taking cues from kill bill but i mean it's pretty damn obvious i mean the daryl hannah character i mean was obviously lily sunder yeah. I mean, you got the pirate eye going on. I mean, <laughs> how come everybody looks like a badass with a with an Dude, eye patch? Dude, you lost a fucking eye and you're still kicking ass? Yeah. That automatically makes you a badass. Yeah, take Your my depth eye perception out, is fucked. 
That makes fighting way harder. I need to be more tough. So, I mean... I wouldn't suggest taking your own eye. Yeah. That's not the route you want to take to be tougher. Well, it won't help me be more tough? No, I don't think so. (laughs) But no, I did did like that element. I mean, have we seen a pirate eye person yet in Supernatural? Individual? There were the vampires bit, but we haven't seen a one-eyed character, I believe. Yeah, I liked it. So, I'm not yeah. gonna lie. I got a little giddy when I saw them. Like, I thought it was kind of cool. I mean, I I love pirate lore and all that stuff. Not because of the pirates, but I, I immediately thought it was cool, and I knew that was going to be story relevant. Yeah. I was like, what? What? Well, kind of has to be. That's right? got to have some superpowers blocked. I know that's something from. I I googled it a little bit, but I couldn't find like eye patch protects against like powers. I know that's from. Something. They get into that. about Cyclops, where he has to wear glasses no, to block not his, Cyclops. Laser, the, his the super whole, laser beams. The pirate eye, because you like sacrificed body parts for power. Uh, there was oh, something you mean in mythology. There was something I, that reminds me of something. If anybody in the chat room or fans can tweet me, I know I've seen that concept somewhere else before. But yeah. we're going to get into that. We're going to get into dickhead angels we're going to get into castiel's background and his history well, hold on stuff. a second dickhead angels let's not bypass this quite yet like i was re- i was actually happy yeah that we had because something we've gotten a lot of we get a lot of bumbling fools like for demons and angels now the angels aren't as bumbling demons more yeah yeah the angels aren't as bumbling but they're still kind of like sheep without a shepherd they've really lost their well, entire drive all they, the ones that were in heaven like the d squad yeah, when Lucifer was trying to take over heaven last oh, season, yeah. those yeah. guys are losers. Yeah, let's not joke there. Um, so to be reminded of the old feel of the angels this week, I love enjoyed that. it because they weren't just, you know, sar- even though I love sarcasm and I love the Metatron stuff, I love stuff like that. Like I was actually intimidated by Ish Ish Isham. Ish, Isham. Yeah, I was intimidated by right? Isham like I was intimidated by the first Raphael and Uriel. Yeah. It brought back that. And even Castiel when he first showed up. Yeah. yeah. So w- I agree with that wholeheartedly. I'll kind of touch on that more why I think oh, that yeah. worked so well. But we've got a bit of news that we want to talk about from Buddy TV. They had an article that says four changes Supernatural should make to turn season 12 around. And this is kind of like we're going to do a kind of a agree disagree with this. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a little bit more negative, I think, than we've been with season 12. But I, the general consensus is there are some issues so far. Right, and that's the reason why I even put this in the show notes, Thomas, was because we thought about some different choices. Not again, yeah. not to be negative because I'm enjoying the season, but I always like to give other perspectives. And there are people that in the fandom who are saying, well, why don't they do this? Why don't they do that? And I figured when the, when I saw this article pop up in my in my Google alerts, I was like, OK, that's an interesting topic that we can kind of delve in because it kind of echoes some sentiment uh, in the in the in fandom. fandom. Yeah. Uh, the first thing they say is bring characters back together. Supernatural both just shot itself in the foot and tied its hands behind its back by bringing Mary Winchester back but not making actress samantha smith a series regular Hmm. one of the big reasons it feels at uh like not much has happened in season 12 is because the first handful of episodes deal almost completely with mary's return and the following few had mary completely missing mary isn't the only important character who has been missing in action castiel has been similarly absent for long stretches of time supernatural is always coming down uh coming down the central relationship between sam and dean Sam and Dean are at their best when they are interacting with others. I disagree with that completely. Yeah, I think they're their best when it's just them, frankly. Exactly. 
After 12 seasons, Supernatural is understandably running out of dynamics to explore between Sam and Dean that do not feel like variations of things we've already seen. Supernatural season 12 has this wild and new dynamic dynamic with the return of Mary, and they're not capitalizing on it. The back half of season 12 should properly deal with Mary's miraculous resurrection. One, I think between seasons 9 and 11, we saw some new relationship dynamics with Sam and Dean. I mean, I still remember the baby episode, just how fun it was to watch them as brothers interact. Yeah. But I don't think that they have tapped out ideas. I mean, if not even close, we've seen them through what their mid twenties, early twenties through mid thirties now. Yeah. And as you old, and as As you you old, as you old, (laughs) no, but as you age, dynamics change Change. between individuals. There, there's so much more to explore. there's, There's family dynamics, not, you know, their core family, but Ben and Lisa, do they want a family, their future? What does that hold for them? They, they always kind of touch on, but haven't gone into there's, the whole old man Logan, are they getting too old for this? What does that look like Never. as you get older? Like you said, your perspectives, your opinions change yeah. on things. I mean, I think there's plenty more to go here. I think that sometimes they can get in a little bit of a holding pattern with things that are kind of stasis quo. I do agree that they need to better capitalize on Mary because I do feel like we haven't seen a whole lot of her. I think what we've seen has been good, but I want more. I think we've only had like five episodes. Now, granted, there's only been ten. So you know what? I you know. I, I I think I will disagree with you on that you do, one. Okay. Like, not that I don't want to see more of her. I do. And if we don't see an, more of her, I will be upset. But I think for now, for the time the being, and what they're trying to do, I think for right now, it fits what they're trying to do with the story and what they were trying to do for the opening eight episodes before the midseason premiere or midseason finale with sam and dean and their emotions and where they're at as individuals i think it works i think if you threw mary in there too much it would have convoluted a lot of things that they need to tackle before the mid-season finale yeah well that's that's a fair point you know now again i think if if we only get two or three more episodes with mary then then why bring it'll depend on what they do with her and it's yeah it's too early to tell especially because the season has kind of meandered a little bit it hasn't been directly focused on one storyline. Right. There, it is too early to tell because it's, it's too early. early to tell on several different avenues. Yeah. So I kind of disagree with that one. Yeah. Uh, give Sam and Dean a goal. Supernatural season 12 has gotten back to basics a lot. The individual Monster of the Week episodes are much more prevalent than the larger mythology episodes. This is a fine way to approach the season. Some of the Supernatural's best episodes ever have been contained procedural episodes. Even in season one and two, though, there was an overarching goal that Sam and Dean were working towards, and the individual cases were sometimes related to that goal. Sam and Dean's goal does not need to be related to the villain of the season, but the brothers should be still working towards something. In season 12, Sam and Dean and the series as a whole feels rather rudderless. I personally kind of agree with some of this. Recently, specifically this episode we're going to be talking about has probably been the strongest point towards certain direction that the show has gone. This is stuff we talked about around the mid season finale, where it felt like we had a couple different ideas and we weren't sure what was going to be moving forward as the main plot for season 12. So I kind of agree with this, this most recent episode though, I think it does help the case of they kind of know where they're going. But again, because there have been multiple different stories that all kind of are vying for the attention and the spotlight, it's still a little early to tell. 
Yeah. In some ways. I um I do agree with that statement. Give Sam and Dean a goal. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree whether or not Dab is doing that. I, I know a couple weeks ago I we mentioned that he said in an interview uh that I can't find anywhere, but it was told to me, uh relayed to me that he wanted to kind of focus more on standalone episodes without a big bad or a main, you know, arc a main myth arc. And I, and I think we went into saying that's kind of a mistake, but honestly, I don't really see that necessarily. I think what was happening is we went to mid-season break one episode earlier than we normally do. Right. And I think that if he would have taken out one Monster of the Week episode and kind of rearranged certain episodes that have been released to date, I think it would have felt like there was an established A little more cohesive. Arc. And it would have been felt more cohesive leading into the mid-season finale. And I think the reason why people are throwing their hands in the air, like, oh my God, what's happening? I don't understand the story. It's because we're in February and we feel like we're technically halfway done. But in actuality, we're not at halfway done. Right. Just because we went to, yeah, just because we went to mid-season, you know, finale early or in December doesn't mean we're actually halfway through the season. And I honestly just think it's pacing and kind of people not really giving it a chance saying, okay, well, technically we're only on, I think moving into the 11th episode. And now that I see what dab is laying out and I see, I do see the main goal to me is looking like it's the Nephilim, the offspring of Lucifer and the cosmic consequence. I think those two things are going to be playing a big part throughout the rest of the season. Now, if that's not the case, then I'll go back to agreeing with this, yeah. <laughs> with this, with this statement done by uh, buddy TV, as well as some of the fans in, within the stupid supernatural fandom. In general, I do agree with this statement. I think we kind of know where we're going now. What I would say that the show could benefit from is the actual wording he used. Give Sam and Dean a goal. Mary has to figure her life out. Castiel's got new priorities, and the Nephilim is a problem, but they're, it's too early to deal with that. Right. And the British Man of Letters are still kind of doing something. I just want to really know. I just want to know what Sam and Dean are going to do when they find her. Are they going to shoot her in the belly? Well, that's like, what's going to happen? Like, I it's want, dark. Whatever way it's they go. It's going to be dark, dude. <laughs> Whatever way they go, it's dark. I want Sam and Dean to current, to like be working towards something. Like, season 11, it was. What are the voices? How do we stop the darkness? Then it was hands of God until God showed up. Yeah. You know, something like that. I want them to have a goal currently because they're kind of just going about what happens to them every week while other people have goals or things happening. Yeah. The the two of them don't seem to have, hey, we have to work on this project today. Yeah. I think we can rest easy. I think as we I, saw, I think it'll take time, as though. we saw, they were trying to f- track down the the woman, I forgot her name now, the woman that was uh, impregnated by baby Lucifer. Mama. Yeah, right. Lucifer's baby mama. They were trying to track her down. And honestly, I, th- I think that is going to be the, the focus, uh, at least their goal for the most, for the rest of the season. I do agree with you. I think had they done a little bit of rearranging, because if with only eight episodes, I think that could have been restructured a bit to give us a more cohesive, yeah. this is where we're going. Yeah. So I think just, a, a, you know, rearranging some of the episodes released maybe do away with one of the monster of the weeks and i think the opening season would have felt a little more a little stronger yeah a little stronger yeah 
Uh, third thing, make the men of letters more relatable. Yeah, yeah. Supernatural doesn't need to make the men of letters sympathetic. After they killed poor Magna in American Nightmare, that ship kind of sailed. But Supernatural should make an effort to make the British branch of the men of letters a bit more understandable. We know they I understand them. Do you understand where they're coming from? <laughs> they're dickheads. Like, do I think they're assholes? Absolutely. Yeah. But do I get their resolve? I yes. get it. I, I'm not. I'm not them. So I, I. I don't. I can't. Don't think I can side with them. But I understand where they're coming from. Uh, we know that they ruthlessly take out anyone and anything that could be a threat. But they are a little too unrepentant. It's not enough. Any characters we have met from the Men of Letters feel more like plot devices than actual characters. Uh, but I want to finish the sentence, the, the whole bit here, and then we'll go into it. This new faction should be interesting, but instead they are somewhat between dull and infuriating. Whether mm. this is through returning characters like Mr. Ketch, Tony, or someone brand new, Supernatural needs to give the Men of Letters a little bit more humanity. We should be interested when they show up on screen, not repulsed. I disagree with this wholeheartedly. Yeah, so do I. I feel like the characters are strong. We have Mr. Ketch, who's a sociopath, Mr. Bond, yeah. first of all. Love yeah. that idea. Tony has her own issues to deal with, but she and oh, I can never remember the other guy's name. Short McGrizzled Beard. Yeah. M- McGrizzled Beard, he's got different ideas than Tony, and I like how unrepentant they are. Like you said, they have a clear goal. They want a certain thing. Now, I don't trust them for shit, and I think they have a much larger plan, and they're more nefarious than we want to help you all. You know, I don't trust them for crap. But I don't think that they're boring. And the entire concept is that they should be repulsive as they show up on screen. We should not look at them and think, hey, great, they're here. I can't wait to learn more. It should be like, oh, just like the supernatural characters, Mary, Dean, Sam, the other hunters, like, oh, you fuckers are back. What do you want? Yeah, I I like a little bit of reality sprinkled in my fiction. And people are douchebags. And this is how people are. Like, Again, this is going to be a very controversial comment, but it's no different than if you want to look at our at the United States government and drone strikes. Yeah. Um, guess what they're doing? They're pushing a button and they're blowing people up. Uh, sometimes there are casualties. Many times there are casualties. Uh, or, just look at the uh, world news. It's not just America, even. Casualties. Sometimes we can't control the casualties is what I'm trying to say. And in a sense, may get swept up in it. But guess what? It goes back to that uh, the, the, the age old the age old question of the military since drone strikes and bombings have become a big thing. Now, if there's a room full of 25 murderous serial killers or terrorists, if we want to put it to today's terms, and there's a four year old child playing outside the home, do you blow that place up to kingdom come because the needs of the many outweighs the needs of the few? Or do you not because you may blow up a four-year-old child? Chances are the United States government, as well as any other government, will probably blow up that place. But it's the entire plot behind A Few Good Men. The terrible things they do to keep, quote, the rest of the world safe. Yeah, you know? and, and I'm, not, I'm not here to weigh the moral, the moral issues here. Obviously, the, the moral and ethical issues are raised here, but that's why I like the bit of letters, because they're, they're a character that we haven't quite seen a lot of in Supernatural. And I'm not saying they're making the hard calls that we can all live a better life, but I'm saying they are making hard calls. They're making hard calls, and they have a certain detached, uncaring attitude. They're Jack Nicholson from A Few Good Men. Yeah. That's exactly who they are. I think they do exactly what they need to do. I don't think Buddy TV can handle the truth. So yeah. Dumb. Finally, give the season a solid villain. 
This is the big change Supernatural needs in season 12. It is rather ridiculous to say eight episodes in, but Supernatural season 12 does not have a primary antagonist. Lucifer's back, but if you believe the mid-season finale, Lotus, and you should not, he has been banished back to hell. The British Men of Letters might have killed Magda, but that is the last overtly villainous thing they have done all season. Sam and Dean need a goal, but they need something or someone to fight even more. This is kind of, I feel like, been rebuked by recent events of the Nephilim kind of becoming center stage. Yeah. And this may go down, the Nephilim may very well go down to be kind of like Amara and the Darkness. Is it true evil or is it an entity that is misunderstood or has its own agenda that doesn't understand? I mean, there's all kinds of routes they can take this. It could be pure evil incarnate. I doubt that. Yeah. But it could be something completely different. I think this is kind of where the British Men of Letters are the foil to Sam and Dean's humanity, and that kind of choose a side is going to come into play with the Nephilim, mm-hmm. and that's where the British Men of Letters will become more of a villain. Yeah. I, Honestly... I, and I do think Lucifer's coming back. I mean, we've heard that Mark Pellegrino is showing up again. Whatever he's coming back as, I don't believe Lucifer is just back in the cage, and that worked from a magic Easter egg. Oh! You know what, though? I, I honestly don't think they need a main villain. I, I mean... Sometimes in writing, some of the best antagonists are situational. It doesn't need to be a person. Season eight was a situational more than a main antagonist. Yeah, we don't. Me. I don't think we need a main villain. We just need to have that myth arc connected. This with a serialized, ongoing story of oh shit, something's gonna happen, so that we all have that suspense being built up throughout the season. That's the only thing. I don't think we need an actual villain to point to. I'm like, oh, that's the bad guy. Season that's eight, silly. Season 8 and season 10, I think, are good examples of this. Crowley is like the villain, but he's not really the villain. He hasn't been for quite some time. The closing of the gates of hell was the bigger threat. Metatron wasn't even the villain until the last fucking episode. Yeah. And season 10, while Metatron was around and Rowena were around, the main threat was the situation of the Mark of Cain. Right. There was no bag. We thought the Steins were going to be it for a while. You know, we thought a bunch of different things, but that was still able to tell interesting stories without a main, you know, snidely whiplash mustache twirling villain. Yeah, the the need for a villain is is uh, depends I, on the writing. Honestly, yeah, and I just think it's I think it's kind of I don't know. I, I feel like that comment is just kind of dumbed down for the masses. Like, oh, the masses need you know a solid villain to look at, and yes, I think a lot of the mainstream do need a villain but i think honestly the supernatural audience is much smarter than the average tv viewers we've come to expect a lot of good writing from our tv show and i think we're able to kind of digest uh, a a storyline that doesn't necessarily have that pinpoint villain i don't think we need yeah. that like you just went through various situations already that we pretty much had that hybrid situational uh, antagonist well, here's the thing. You just did the darkness, cosmic scale, God versus his sister. And she wasn't even really. The she villain. wasn't even the villain. But the fact of the matter is you have to tone it down. Yeah. And what kind of villain are you going to have that's going to be truly that believable if they're truly like black and white bad? Right. Supernatural. Also, the mainstream isn't really, to me, very relevant when the mainstream isn't tuning in 12 seasons later. Yo. They're watching it on Netflix right now, and then they're watching season 12 when they're caught up. They're too busy watching CSI. Oh, geez. Season 27. 37. And it's the same old episode. Fucking thing. Regurgitated. But uh, you don't need a big villain 
when you just did cosmic scale problems. You need relatable stories, and I think that's kind of why, you know, Nephilim, is it good or is it evil? British Men of Letters, how much are you willing to do for, quote, safety and security? That whole freedom versus safety and security which, argument. Which, isn't that a relevant theme right now? In today's, a relevant theme in today's society, especially I, this country. Yeah, and I, I think that theme and delving into it is kind of smart on on, on uh, Dab's part. It's it, it's going to connect with an audience in a real way. I mean, some of the best TV shows borrow. I mean, obviously, you don't want to put expiration dates on the, the relevance of your shows. But if I think it'll always be relevant, though. That concept. Yeah. But if you're subtle about it, I think it works. I mean, I always say this. That's one of the strongest elements in season seven is is a lot of what they're saying is kind of, you know, the whole the government's trying to poison us, the GMO craze. I mean, there's a lot of things they're saying. Yeah. So I, I think the biggest thing is it season twelve could very well turn things around. I mean, not like we've been super negative about it. Right. We've had some structural issues, but now we're kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, it's good. But I think it, you need to fine. give it a little more time. I think it kind of stumbled in the beginning with some structure, but I think ultimately it's going to pan out pretty well. And let's also remember, we have a new showrunner coming in who's who's taken new over this writers. season. He's trying to find his his uh, his footing and his and uh, his uh and his, his story and his new chapter that he wants to delve into. So, and he had to do as we said last show there's certain things that he's going to have to handle before he can move into his, his chapter. Yeah. I mean, Carver did leave him with some, a lot of moving parts. Yeah. He really did. I mean, Lucifer is a big deal to say, Hey, all right, I'm out. I'm going to go do frequency. Uh, You got the main villain from Kripke's era still in the, you know, out in the open. Take care of that. You you know, dabs like Fuck you. Dude, you dick. Why did you do this? Exactly. (laughs) Just in the back. Because I mean, Lucifer's not an issue you can just wrap up. No. He just closes the writing room. Yeah. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> you can oh, hear it. Yeah. So, guys, a uh, little bit of news for us. Some convention news. We are currently planning, at this time, to go to two different conventions. One, we're being lazy. The Phoenix one that's here in we June. We'll be doing that one for sure. We're doing that one. That's in June. First part of June. Uh, in fact, we're choosing that over Phoenix Con- Comic Con this year. Yeah. Do we have dates on that yet? Um, keep talking and I'll look it up right the, now. The second one that we're looking at, and this will you know, depend on a couple things amongst ourselves, is Seattle's in Washington, April 7th through the 9th, the Supernatural Official Convention. Those are the two that we are gunning for right now. Again, Phoenix is going to be a thing. I mean, if I can't get June out of the house. 9th through the 11th. Okay. And Good. we will be doing that one. Uh, 99.9% sure we will be there, there throughout go. the entire event. And there's probably an 85% chance we'll be doing the Seattle one as well. And so that's in April. Go. So those are the two that we have currently planned. I'm if, looking forward to it, man, because dude, we haven't been in a while. I it's miss been them. over a year and we were on a roll. It was fun, dude. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. And meeting all and the Supernatural fans. You didn't have to go to work. <laughs> Got to talk to all the Supernatural fans. Like, where else can you sit and... You just know, gab for on four hours like a fucking dork for yeah four <laughs> hours yeah well like a dork where people don't look at but you like cares. a dork you're like sweet because they're they're gabbing as well yeah so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back in that that'll be fun um if any others come up that we can pull off as the year goes on we will let you guys know but so far those are the two uh hopefully we can see you guys out there any fans in the area we would love to say hi. We love to meet all you guys and, and like hi. nerd out and be fucking dorks about all the stuff we like with this show. Yeah. So with that, guys, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get into our discussion of episode 10, Lily Sand- uh, Sunder 
has some regrets in just a minute. Hey, ass butt. Do you love Supernatural, The Crossroads? Tell the rest of the world by representing the show on your buy. Don't objectify me. With the Crossroads Tees, the first run of shirts are available to own. The shirts are anvil unisex and made up of high-quality 100% ring-spun cotton. What are you waiting for? Become a Crossroads Minion and represent the show proudly. Head to RainManDigitalMedia.com. Click on the store tab and get your Crossroads shirt today. Just do the live lead. We're here. <laughs> All right. Guys, the Patreon page is now live. For the past three years, we've been doing the Crossroads podcast each week. Our focus and goal was to deliver a true fan experience type show where fans of Supernatural can debate, discuss, and celebrate their favorite show. And now we need your help to keep the show and the network going for as little as a dollar a month. You guys can help us continue to grow, do more episodes of Supernatural The Crossroads, behind the scenes, additional shows, video casts, as well as we've merged the premium Rain Man service with Patreon. So those of you who are into our other shows, such as DC on CW, Rain Man, will get more stuff as well. The Supernatural Crossroads video cast and additional podcasts are available through the Patreon at different yeah. tiers. And, as well. and that's the real thing that's for, the real for thing. people listening right now is the Supernatural video cast. Yeah, more of us. Yeah, good times. It's fun. I think it's fun. Well, right? we just got done before this show today. We recorded the... Um, An episode all about the cult. Yeah, that episode we were talking about. All about the cult, the mythology the surrounding lore. it. So that will be coming out later this week. Also, guys, we have goals. If you help us reach certain goals, we will introduce new shows, including a show like this dedicated to Eric Kripke's Timeless so for those of you who are interested or would like to help us out in any way, head over to patreon.com slash Digital. Every dollar helps, and we love you all. You can make this Valentine's Day one that you'll both never forget with this amazing offer from adamandeve.com. Through Valentine's Day, you'll receive 50% off just about any item. Just go to adamandeve.com and you'll find over 18,000 adult entertainment products, including toys, lingerie, and a seemingly endless selection of adult DVDs. And there's more. With every order, you'll receive our romance kit free. Our romance kit includes a toy for him, a special massager for her, and a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, a free adult DVD to put you in the mood. And that's not all. Oh, no. We'll also throw in free shipping on your entire order. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special Valentine's offer. Get 50% off one item, a free romance kit, and free shipping when you enter offer code DEAL30. D-E-A-L-30. That's DEAL30 at adamandeve.com. Previously on Supernatural The Crossroads. Put a gun to your head. That thing was at an angle. That no, would have nicked her. That would have grazed her make skull. Make it a whole lot worse. That would have well, no, just grazed yeah. her skull. So she's she's brain dead. Brain dead if she does that. Because yeah. if you anger this way, you're just hitting a piece of your brain. Yeah. This way, you're going straight through the brain. Yeah. So like she would have basically become a potato. And oh, at that geez. point, she's just going to be drooling all over herself. Oh. And it's, yeah. Jesus. And then it's going to be up to Sam and Dean to pull the plug. Oh. And it's like, well, shit, you know, <laughs> Sam and Dean aren't going to pull the plug. Now on it's her. days of so our lives. Yeah, now she's a potato the rest of her life. Jesus. And Christ. yeah, uh, like, come uh, on. Anyway, that's the spinoff. There we go. <laughs> yeah, it's just Mary sitting in the hospital <laughs> with drool. In the mind of Mary Winchester. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys could see Mike waving his hands around like he was freaking zombie. Yeah. yeah. She's all, she's dream, the whole thing's a dream in her head. That's it. That's all we 
always what the show's been since season one. Uh, it just wait. It just pans out the last episode. Super, Fifth, su- season fifteen, season finale, series finale pans out. And she heard a noise. Just ran drool into coming out of her lip, dude. Just she heard a noise. Ran into Sam's room. Slipped. Brained herself on the coffee oh, table. No. And that's the entire show. Yeah. Supernatural <laughs> suicidal thoughts. That's, that's terrible. That's so <laughs> terrible. Oh. Uh, Anyway, Andrew Dad's writing this down. He's all, "This is this good. Is, this, this is, is, this fucking, is fucking gold." gold. Hey, are you nah. guys listening to Supernatural? The Crossroads. They are coming out with some gold right now. I'm writing this shit down. That's him, dude. Just moving away and from think, these and to think I thought ideas. about bloodlines. Suicidal thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all suicidal thoughts, guys. Trust me, it'll work. Oh, all right, we'll we'll get more into Billy in a about bit. About the monsters in your head instead. Oh, God, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural The Crossroads. Now we're going to get into the discussion, the meat and potatoes of the episode. And since I don't have Brian here to read the synopsis, I suppose I can do it. Lily Sunder plots her revenge against a band of angels that killed her family. Sam and Dean must save Castiel from becoming her next victim. This one was directed by Thomas J. Wright and written by Steve Yockey. Is that how we do we know that one? Sure. Sure. That's what we're going to say. I'm someone, always wrong with Someone these. actually corrected us the other day and told us how to pronounce it. I think they even put the, um, uh, what's the, the phonetics in there, and we still don't remember. I never remember, dude. They, they try to help us as best they can, but we're, we're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Thomas J. Wright directed episodes all the way back from season seven, uh, most recently the season 11, The Devil in the Details, the mid-season premiere, yeah. one of my favorite episodes from the season, yep. as well as Baby. Yeah, we, huge fan. Every favorite. time we bring up Thomas J. Wright, we bring up Baby Dude, and that's one of the reasons why I was excited about this episode because I I've always been okay with him. I was just kind of neutral about Thomas J. Wright, and then when he showed what what type of skills he has when he can kind of break yeah. the barrier of regular TV we'll directing, mold. yeah, man, because obviously they can't do that type of directing and camera movement all the time in their show because a it would change the. The, the the style of the show but when i could when i was able when we were able to see an inside look into what he's capable of doing man it was great yeah no fucking so kidding, I'm, dude. I'm an instant fan of him no matter what i mean he can put together he can do bloodlines part two and guess what <laughs> he would get a pass he would get a pass <laughs> yeah well we also have writer steve yoki he's new to this show he's only done uh celebrating the life of asa fox which is a solid which episode is a solid episode so yeah. Uh, two solid episodes then for him as far as this goes i yeah. think now this one we get not a monster of the week procedural nor is it directly like specifically myth arc this one's a bit different this episode uses a past of a character castiel in particular to be a jumping off point for both filling in the gaps with him and what we don't know about his past as well as pushing the main myth arc forward a bit, or at least giving us some more fuel to the fire as to what the main myth arc is, a.k.a. the Nephilim, Yeah, it seems to be this season. Yeah, that's pretty much, you know, obviously this episode was great for development on Castiel as a character, and also to just see where he's at in terms of his 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 thought process as a, as a, as a character right now in the show. But obviously it was there also to kind of push that momentum along, saying, guys, this is how dangerous a Nephilim is. Let's remind you guys how dangerous this is because Castiel even went to the point of murdering a child. 
You know, they're, yeah. they, it, I mean, I guess you could look at it like they're laying it on thick, but honestly, it, it was done in such a great way that it didn't feel like they were trying to sell us on an idea. Right. It felt natural. It was a bit, it was, it was refreshing and disturbing at the same time. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I think the best part for me was seeing the kick-ass old angels again. Absolutely. You know, and this is something we talked about in the first segment of the show. Seeing them not be the kind of the buffoons or the I can't tie my shoes and I can't walk and talk at the same time that was the D squad. These are battle hardened frontline soldiers who Castiel was, you know, in the trenches taking grenades with. And we see that old feel come back to the forefront. Yeah. Now they they do a bit of different things with relationships with the angels and humans in this one as well. Which was interesting because when they're first introduced, they don't, in season four, we're going here, they don't really have relationships with humans. Some of them think they're all right. Some of them disdain humans. This episode kind of showed all manner of different relationship that has kind of since been touched on with characters like Hannah and their relationship to their vessel, the relationship to other humans, what they think of humans as a whole. I would even say it's an addition to, it's an additional lore that we got on what it means to be, you know, possessed by an angel. Yeah. You know, it, it brought a, a different perspective to it when you find out the, the dynamics or the relationship between Vessel and an angel. Yeah. I liked it. I like the fact that it's not just a, a possession. A possession, when you're possessed, it feels so detached, you know, yeah. so invasive. In fact, I think that's a theme a lot of the times with possession. And uh, the fact that they took it down another road, the uh, the fact that was it Benjamin was Castiel's former angel friend, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that they went down that route and they showed this that an angel can have a meaningful relationship with an with a vessel. I really like that because that's something we haven't really delved it into a depth. lot. It's always been very impersonal with possession like and a vessel. car. Yeah. Just the the vehicle with which you travel. Even Castiel and um, Jimmy Novak. Novak. Yeah. Even that. I mean, yes, he was willing, but he even at times felt like he was just a beat up vehicle for the ride. Like he, I don't think he ever felt like, yay, Team Castiel. Like there was almost a sense of regret that he even allowed him to do to become his his vessel. And I think that's a lot of where Claire as a character comes from. Yeah. You know, her anger towards Castiel because her dad kind of just got the short end of the stick. I mean, really, we see Jimmy Novak for two episodes, only one of which he's alive and the other of which is when he's in heaven. And each time he's morose, <laughs> except one in heaven. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think it is an interesting dynamic because like you said, that, or like we said, they're vehicles, they're just kind of there for the ride. And to delve into that a little more is something we hadn't really seen since Hannah starting to understand that her vessel has these emotions and yeah. that she willingly gave it away. You know, they kind of touch into a lot of things here, well, but they also didn't fuck with continuity. No. Which was really nice, you know, because we know from according to cast in season four, humans or angels haven't been on Earth with humans for centuries. They touch down rarely, if ever, which helps establish the Nephilim as a threat because they even say we shouldn't be here right now. But the Nephilim is a big enough threat they, that they send a team of angels in. To deal with it while it's still a child. Yeah. I could appreciate that on many levels. Uh, fact number one, 
that we are very, as a supernatural fandom, very into continuity. We're 12 seasons in, and it sometimes it's very hard to make sure you don't mess up things that you oh, have yeah. that you've set up. Um, particularly something like, hey, there are no angels on Earth at this time. So how do we fix that? Well, we create a scenario where we have to because it's that important to break that which rule. fits with what we're currently doing. Yes. It, it was very it was a very great way it's to clever kill two without, birds with one stone. Clever without feeling contrived right. or forced. Yeah. So that was good. And then we get to see the new characters and some new powers. I don't think we've actually seen a human wield angelic powers before. Yes. And now Thomas. I mean, I love the Enochian magic being wielded by a human being. Yeah. But also it opens up the doorway for some yeah. potential issues. You know what I mean? Like it opens yeah. up it can do two things. It can open the doorway to some awesome awesome shit. Awesome shit. And some as we saw bad, dumb shit. Yeah, but also <laughs> it's it's a, it's a dangerous uh it's a dangerous path to take because how right now something that the new showrunners have done starting with Carver um is they've delved into the magic wielding side of things. So you have Rowena, who's pretty much power, you know, beyond powerful with uh, with her use of the Book of the Damned. Uh, and now we have the Men of Letters have been introduced that are also magic wielders. And then now we have this new bit of lore where a human can use Enochian magic. And yes, that is amazing. And I was beyond happy. But then I started thinking, I'm like, well, how many magic wielders can we throw into this world before... Uh, before you have too many of these pumped up, overpowerful uh, antagonists that yeah. now the the humans have no ability no to overcome. Chance. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a bit of a gray area, and I think I think it's best if they keep the Enochian magic to a very very strong minimum. Even though I don't want them to, <laughs> but they should. Well, yeah. So Lily Sunder, first of all. Love her look. Love the Kill Bill vibe. Love the eye patch. Yeah, and she's hot. And she is attractive. I'll just say it. Yeah. Ryan's not here. Right. That's your de facto. It goes to you. Yeah. Then that's your responsibility. That's, I'll take the chair. There you go. <laughs> she's attractive. She is a threat. But I love her look. I love the the Kill Bill vibe. That opening sequence with her versus Benjamin. That definitely felt you know first scene of Kill Bill. Although I will say, even the child being murdered. I mean. Uh, the it, child all, was all murdered, it. was it? They killed her child in this show in and Supernatural. Killed, oh, no, 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 but no. the idea was they. they she yeah. thought their whole revenge was because you know the bride. Well, they killed her, her kid. Yeah, yeah, but I'm talking kill Bill. They didn't kill the kid. Yeah. Now, the the fight scene though was probably where I first have my first attraction in a little bit. The choreography with them seemed odd. It it was I don't know how to explain it necessarily, but some of the camera angles were too quick, too blurry, too up close. And I, I didn't expect that from the director from Baby and, you know, the mid-season premiere, The Devil in the Details. Now, I know director isn't directly responsible for camera. Probably not his fault. No. It's, um, I would, you know, I'm not a negative Nancy like you, but I may, right, I, have to, I have to agree with you on that. Like, the choreography did feel kind of odd. I don't know what it was, um, but... It did feel without the without me sounding like a complete dickhead here. It felt like, you know, first year filmmakers were trying to choreograph a fight scene. And what you do is you hide everything and you hide everything by punching in with uh, like an 85 lens, you know, something big 
and you stand, you, you, you make sure you're several hundred feet away, you punch in with that lens, and then everything looks like you're connecting. Well, a you, shot because wides. you create you create that depth there, and then it yeah. looks like someone who's swinging is hitting someone, even though they're like thirty five feet away. Well, you have those wide swings that don't aren't anywhere close to connecting or with enough force, and then you cut to an up close shot. Yeah, and you just your brain fills in the gap, and it's not just this episode. There's been a bit of an issue to me personally with the fight scene choreography this season. Which is odd Which because is it's odd always because been so good. A, it's usually been pretty damn good. The punches, the weight has been behind those throws and those scuffles. Yeah. But I always come back to season 10 and I Cole versus Demon Dean. That was well choreographed. That was fucking brutal. Yeah, well, you got to remember. A car. You got to remember, to be fair here, uh, Travis Aaron Wade, you know, any scenes that they have to use him for, he's trained. Right. Um. Jensen Ackles is trained, so any scenes that they have to show their faces where they're, when they're not the stunt doubles, they're, they're able to do both. They can use the stunt doubles, so we already, know, we already know Jensen Ackles' stunt double's amazing. Right. And Jensen Ackles knows what he's doing. So yeah. you, you have all your bases covered for that type of fight scene to look great, because all four parties know what they're doing. When you have an issue by bringing in guest appearance, guest spots like Lily Sunder or the actress playing Lily, uh, as well as Benjamin, I believe the yeah. whoever played her, um, their guest spots they're probably not fight trained, and yeah. and even maybe the stunt people they're bringing in to fit their look may not be fully trained. So who knows what it is, but. It was definitely a little off It's probably off-putting. a mix. It's probably yeah. a mix of that. I mean, it wasn't a deal breaker, but no, it, it, but it, it didn't have the threat. It didn't have the Jensen and Jared flair to their fights because <laughs> that ev- too. because everything they when they get into scuffles, it always looks good. Always, well, they've been doing it for a decade. Yeah, you know how long have these other actors That's the been point. doing That's my the fighting? Point. Yep. So maybe it's the they're not trained, so the editing kind of works around that, but. It's a it's a little disappointing because it just it's supposed to be this revenge plot and it doesn't feel like yeah they're fighting tooth and nail to the death. Well, especially if you're trying to you know kind of establish bring, her as a threat. Well, you're bringing back the uh, the kill. You want to bring the Kill Bill vibe, right? Clearly, there's I an mean, homage. Yeah, so they should have had that choreography down that fight. a bit more. Yeah, yeah. But but I didn't. I disagree with you like, about the threat. I, I felt Lily was threatening. I think she no, has no, no. the pre- she is threatening yeah. but the okay. you, there's no threat in the fight. Okay. I know from how she looks and how it's portrayed she's going to win this, but I don't feel like this is a character fighting for their life then. I didn't feel like Benjamin was fighting for her life. She wanted to finish her game Rampage. Well the, then the fight for the video game life. <laughs> so dumb. You don't let the high score go to waste. She's she just put in her initials and steal it from you. Was that game before Rampage? your time? It's before my time, but I've okay. played it. Oh, have you? Yeah. Oh, dude, I played the hell out of that when I, I was, was a always kid. the green monster, the green yeah. Godzilla knockoff. Yeah, I got all giddy when I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now she is a threat, and it, she does, you know, take out an angel. And I, I do love the burnt wings that they make sure to put in. Well, yeah, you, you got to right, right. And I did like because for a bit there, I was like, okay, she's clearly got some powers, but I know you're not supposed to be able to just like sucker punch an angel in the in the jaw. Without breaking your hand, theoretically. Like, that was how it was established beforehand. Yeah. So I do like that she has this means to which she's sustained her youth, she's sustained her strength, she can heal wounds and things like that. That was really cool. 
But there is a cost to this Enochian magic. Essentially, she has the powers of an angel. She can heal herself. She doesn't age. She can't teleport. But she has a lot of the same abilities. But it costs a very large... It has a very large price. Which we find out to be a piece of her soul dies each time she uses this magic. I like that. That was a strong element and it was very consistent to what we've seen before. How this it's all about the soul. It's, it's always yes. about the soul. The soul is what? The power of how many nuclear uh fuckload? Remember, they've already gave a number, but like Yeah, statistically it's one metric fuck ton. Yeah, I mean, so the fact that they stayed to that. I guess they stayed true to what they have established. It would make sense that the price of admission is your soul. I like that. That was a very strong, believable element. It also explained her eye, uh, as you said before at the top of the show, um, to just give her a, a patch for the sake of looking like a badass or Daryl Hannah's character in Kill Bill doesn't, uh, you know, suffice for us. Like, there's right. got to be a reason. It's not just a costume design. Yeah. Hey, it's going to look cool. No, let's, yeah, it's going to yeah. look cool, but also give there's us a, a reason. reason for it. And that reason was absolutely fantastic. Well, I loved it. I also like the just the concept behind it. You know, demons will give you what they want for a smaller price. You know, like, yes, it's the cost of your soul, but you get 10 years and you can do whatever you want. And if you get possessed by a demon, they have all these powers and you don't suffer injuries and you don't like age or anything like that. It's the quick and easy route. Yeah. Whereas it, the, the Enochian magic, literally having the cost of part of your soul to me is a great representation of how much more powerful angels are versus demons and how much more of a cost there is. And how humans don't match up to angels in any real regard. Right. Sam and Dean notwithstanding, you know. They're yeah. they're unique in their own ways. Right. So I liked that bit. And like you said, I like that there's a cost. It's got a, it's a very strong thematic, you know, there not just for the magic element, but revenge, you know. You can have your revenge, but it comes at a price. It was very metaphor. It was very poetic, I should say, yeah. because we already know what's that that line, you know, revenge. You know, sometimes you can have your revenge, but there's always a price to pay with your revenge. Yeah. And they always say, do you really want to take another person's life? Is it really going to is it going to make in, it better in the end? Is it going to make you a better person or a worse person for seeking out this revenge? Um, so I think it depends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it I could definitely think of a couple scenarios where I'm like, yeah, yeah, revenge sounds good. Yeah, so. for sure. Uh, so it was very poetic. I enjoyed that part. Also, it helped propel the story and the believability aspect of her willing to sacrifice Dean uh, out of patience. And of course, which I loved that line. Patience is what's allowing me to let Dean walk into a trap, basically, and get killed. So Because then it would motivate you, Sam, right. to assist me in killing Isham. I'm she like, played him. That line was amazing. Very well written. Very well thought out in terms of soul. Not having a soul. If a piece of her soul has been removed time and time again when she's using this magic, then that's exactly how she would behave. She would behave that way. She would shrug it off. I'm like, oh, it's just one guy's life to, to end my goal. Yeah. So I really liked how they played that true in terms again, once again, how the whole idea of the soul and what happens when you don't have one, it plays true to what we did to what's been established. I did like that call back to soulless Sam season six where he knew immediately how she felt 
Yeah, I liked that. He should have stripped naked if he really. If they should just banged right there. No, if it was really a callback, <laughs> Thomas, a true callback would have been Sam stripping shirtless naked, doing, shirtless, uh, and paying a prostitute. Right? For, is that what he did? Did he pay a prostitute? I can't she remember. She didn't accept the money. Oh, it oh. was that good. She well, look at his abs. Shit. Oh, yeah. I might do something free for Sam myself, <laughs> and I ain't into penis. <laughs> you sure? So, so <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? You're like, questionable now. <laughs> so dumb. Now, I did like, and, and the, while the magic is cool, the Sinokian magic is cool, I do think you need to keep that in check, though. I like the, the story of how she can learn, how she learned how to use it. Essentially, she's this professor of apocalyptic literature, which I found very niche. Like, how many books are there really on that to be a professor circa 1835 or whatever year? 1850s yeah. that it was so that was a little silly to me no, but I, I liked it. I didn't think so. I think it worked you gotta remember this is this is a world. Then I'm in the wrong field as a on. job. Now if someone were to come up with a book like that in real life yes it'd be odd but you gotta remember this is the a world where angels exist but nobody knows that. Yes, yes they do just not in our relevant time period. You gotta remember people have forgotten angels used to walk among us. It doesn't mean there weren't angels. Remember when they found out earlier in the earlier season of Supernatural when someone would find out an angel exists like oh we heard about them or we thought it was a, a myth or we whatever. We thought they were a myth yeah. Yeah so we obviously know that at one point they walked the earth and at one point hunters or whatever the equivalent was to the time period that these angels were around knew of them. And the middle letters knew of them. So if they exist in this world, then it would make sense that there are things written down, especially if the, look at the middle letters, man. The middle letter, how old are the middle letters? And we, uh, yeah. we get the idea that they're ancient, right? So if they're ancient, that means they know angels exist. And, and guess what? Then there are going to be books on this. So to me, I think that element worked. Perhaps. Ah, it seemed up. a little silly to me. But either you're, way, you're silly. Thank you. I know, or it, to me, it made sense that she'd be the one who could do the research and figure it out because she was already so versed in that. I mean, it, yeah. she kind of has like the traditional hunter story. Somebody comes in with supernatural powers that fucks up her life, and then she goes down the rabbit hole. But isn't that the archetype we like? I mean, that is the archetype. No, yeah. I'm not saying. I'm oh, okay. not saying I had an issue oh, okay. with it. I'm saying you really get paid enough for that studying apocalyptic literature how many books besides the book of revelation are there really you don't really need to get paid that I much i, I mean, just was being a dickhead about 1800s it. i mean how much do you wanted to make you wanted to make five like, cents a year i don't know I mean, she's not an oil miner i mean she's gonna <laughs> she, she, i mean how much has one kid to support it's a nice house i don't know what the angel did for a job i don't know the economics back in 18 whatever <laughs> but i think you're thinking way too into this yeah, was, and this I is from a guy a, who thinks way into things i know i was being a douche about it but still <laughs> this is you again being the like the little the, the odd bitches i'm that asshole like if i was in a movie theater with you i'd <laughs> lean over and whisper, another like, blue fire that doesn't make sense this they is another blue fire moment you right. know that right yeah i know this is gonna be a drop <sighs> except it just doesn't have ryan here <laughs> laughing like Haggling a schoolboy. <laughs> so i but i like how that they gave her a reason as to why she'd be I the don't one. Believe it. Oh, the money. I uh, like how. How much money can she actually make on uh, <laughs> on a on a uh, what is it? A- apocalyptic literature. She's a professor of what thing? Like I'm a professor of Magic the Gathering. <laughs> like that's oddly specific. Anyway, I like that they gave her a reason as to why she'd be the one to learn this Enochian magic that other people did not learn. 
because again, she's probably the only person in the last like thousand years or so is, is eighteen hundred, so maybe longer, who actually had a direct interaction with angels. So it makes sense that she would know about this and do the research into Enochian magic and lore and learn how to do this stuff. Now, I feel like they do need to limit that because that is really fucking powerful. And like you said, if they have other people who can just kind of learn these abilities, it automatically brings the angels down a peg Yep, and makes humans fighting against, A, hunters nearly inconsequential. I mean, if you can't... How threatening is a vampire, really, when you can learn how to fucking be an angel and just smite things with your fucking mind? Yeah, and the ability, I mean, using the Enochia magic and having Lily Sunder use it, it it was able to kind of fool us into not really knowing what she was, and in that way it worked, but now, from now on, we kind of need to be careful, like you were saying, because it does move the angels down a peg. It worked for this particular episode so she can be on the same level as them. Mm-hmm. But again, once everyone starts learning, you know, if the word gets out, hey, Enochian magic, Enochian magic right here, then you're going to have issues yeah. dealing with the with these, these villains. It's but, not the same as a witch because a witch has like serious withdrawals or, or setbacks in her power and how she can be defeated. And even demons have that same limitation, but demons are supposed to be far more powerful. I mean, we see that with the the memory of Asa Fox. Yeah. You know, a demon should be able to take on a, a house of hunters, theoretically. Right. So an angel being like able to upgrade yourself to that power level needs to be kept in check for the status quo of established powers to remain the same. Okay. So now we've established that, Thomas, but this is the big question here. Did they introduce introduce Enochian magic for the reason that we will see it again later this season, meaning will Sam and Dean give it a whirl? 50-50 to me. I feel like Andrew Dabb's uh, incessant need to wrap up all the stuff that Carver kind of left behind Yeah, makes me think that he doesn't want to introduce things that aren't going to pay off later. Yeah. So that does lead me to believe either A, She's going to become a new ally for them when shit goes rocket skyward. Or B, perhaps one of the brothers will learn it or even marry herself. Is there anything in the Men of Letters bunker that even talks about this? Well, I don't I don't know, because even the British Men of Letters are kind of didn't know about Lucifer actually being like a real thing. Yeah. And they're 50-50 on some angel information. They knew about Castiel, but they don't we don't know how much they really know right. about him. So it's kind of a gray area. Or maybe Miss somebody who's a sociopath, Mr. Ketch, would love to learn how to be a fucking angel. I could see him mm-hmm. sacrificing think- pieces of his soul for that kind of power. Wow. That would sure change. The- and I think Enochian magic might be something with the power of a human soul might be something you need to combat a Nephilim if they're truly as powerful as you say they are. Because angels have this power, but no soul. If a human can tap into this power and and has the power of a soul behind that, something that, you know, heaven and hell and purgatory and leviathans and death all buy for as one of the most powerful elements yeah. that God created or, or found or discovered that spark. Yeah. It, it's supposed to be the most powerful thing. So perhaps a human invoking this power can be more powerful than a Nephilim and overcome it. Will it come into play later? I th- it could. Yeah, I, think, I don't know if the Winchesters necessarily will use it, but... 
I think it's going to come into play because if they do, they need to get an eye patch then. So do you, <laughs> I'd be okay with that. Dean with like a badass Sam scar. Dean, oh yeah, and an eye patch. We flash forward twenty years. He's all gray haired and looks like Logan with an eye patch and a cigar. That'd be awesome. That's right the, there, dude. That's the spinoff. That's how the show goes. Another twenty years. <laughs> right there. <laughs> um, you know what? Okay, because of a few choice words that was utilized here. You, as I always say, there's certain words you can kind of that hear. You hear that little bell, like ding. Like yeah. remember that phrase or that word. Oh and, yeah, and, and there yeah, was yeah. something they specifically used, which I'm going to say in a second here, which makes me believe that the Enochian magic wasn't just introduced for this episode. It was introduced because the Nephilim is being built up as something bigger than it has been in the past. Specifically because the fact that it is the offspring of Lucifer, an archangel, and this is a smart way to keep God on the shelf, to keep Lucifer on the shelf, and bring about somebody who's almost on the same level, but not quite that level, but just as intimidating, scary, and bad. If that's the direction they're going, because there was a word they used, um, and it was destroyer of worlds. Yeah. Okay. Not only is that a heavy statement. But Fuck again, yeah. it fits with the the whole idea that we are in a much bigger world than just Earth. Like it's the cosmos, cosmic consequence, the cosmos. Yeah. I'm going to put Dean on a on a place where you can be left alone. The void, all these new definitions well, that are being God and Amara at. say this wasn't the first universe he made. Right, she destroyed others. You know, so all these definitions being thrown, things like that, with uh, not the only world that that God had made. Um. Destroyer of worlds. That's a big, That's heavy a big, yeah. statement. That's not something you just throw around. No, that wasn't in the right. You know, Steve Yoki had to get permission. I'm sure to say he. That was something on the whiteboard that everyone had put Let's together. Establish f- how f- powerful they are. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's a, that's a big deal. No, that's a big. You really think just maybe? I I think they probably will bring it back. I'm just curious as to who's going to use it and how. Well, destroyer of worlds. I mean, that's a, that's obviously, yeah. it, man. Again, it goes back to them breaking the rules to get down to Earth. That the other angels were on board, even though it was a a lie. That's but still, dope. the other yeah. angels were willing to break that yeah, rule and true. put out somebody because destroyer of worlds. Yeah. Well, you might be honest. Something I there. got a little giddy when I heard that because they're <laughs> they're bringing it back. Yes, you got to be careful. I think we talked about this last week, you, me, and Ryan about where do you go from. You know, God, like, what do you, how do you, who do you introduce and how much power do you give them before you jump the shark? Yeah. Um, and I think this is one of these moments where you got to be very careful what you do, but so far the, 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 the bricks they're laying, I think, I think it's a pretty solid foundation. If this is the route we're going, I think it works. They just have to be very, very careful. See, I'm okay with the Nephilim being pretty goddamn powerful, but if it, I don't want it to outdo God or Amara. Oh, I don't think it will. I don't think it will. I don't want that, though. That's that's kind of where I draw the line. Yeah, I don't think they, it will. It wouldn't even make sense, really. Like, well, how is Lucifer able to give yeah. birth to something stronger than God? Yeah, it doesn't. But it's a good substitute for... It's a good setup. It's a good, sub, it's a good substitute not to utilize Lucifer at this point, who we all have agreed needs to be around for the final season. He needs to be the final season final villain yeah. so like he just needs to be this is a good substitute and it's a realistic substitute that doesn't feel contrived right yeah that's a good point god that would suck 
What's like, that? Destroy a world. This thing just, just fucks everything up. Like they give it to the show a huge budget just to show this kind of thing. I, I hope they. That'd be they, nice. I hope they tie this into the cosmic consequence. Honestly, I think it has to. Yeah. Because again, Dab does feel like somebody who's not who's trying to get rid of the stuff that needed to be finished and put things in that he feels matter. So we'll see. Yeah. Now the the biggest probably element to this episode was Cass's past that has not been a hundred percent explored before. This isn't when I thought a cast centric episode, I was hoping something like the, the man who would be King. I just love that episode. Yeah. But this one, we got to see a bit of his past, a bit of his, but to be fair, that episode like that, Thomas, they were really building up the entire season to yeah. that moment. No, I know I, yeah. I didn't expect to get it, but I just, you know, I can dream. <laughs> I want every episode to be an amazing finale level. That's what I want I, I at know. all times. I know. Like mainlining drugs. I just want to be high all the time. Jesus. Now, this was a way to tell us the, the past of this character without flashbacks. That was kind of nice. Oh, it, yeah. It was a direct relationship to what's happening now. We also got to see Cass's old crew with we have Benjamin Isham and I don't remember the other woman's name, the other angel who got stabbed in the I don't back remember. alley of the Denny's. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> that, that, that sucked, but I don't remember that one. And I think there was a, another one they talked about. Maybe yeah. not. But we get to see a bit of his past and we get to see why it's him as a soldier. We always knew he was a soldier, but we, we've only ever seen Cass really outside of season four act independent. He's always kind of done what the Winchesters were doing or done his own thing or been a leader of angels. This is when we really see him following orders like Grunt, which is different. Kind of like how he was the first time we met him with Uriel. I mean, he was That's just the a, only other time yeah. he's been like that. Yeah. I do miss Uriel and some of that mentality of they're just asshole soldiers. And, and we really did see the old style angel dickheads with wings that Dean coined way back yeah now we did have a different vessel for cast this is apparently the other angels are better keeping a hold of their vessel than cast was which means like, i'm like what'd you do dude did you fuck up somehow well i just like the statement that isham said that you said i liked your other vessel better but yeah <laughs> it was funny yeah that was good yeah and we we see cast supposed to be a little bit more like his old self i think that's why they had that you know in the previously on supernatural we see that first shot of him being like stoic and and cold and emotionless talking to dean right. saying that they're soldiers yeah you know we kind of see that here and we see him or her at that time or uh, angels are angels and then their vessels are something different he even says as much with benjamin make some decisions as a soldier ultimately it, i mean it was used as a great way to show the difference in castiel and how much he's grown how much he's changed and yet also show yeah to show the humanity element of of uh of castiel and also to drive home the line that isham said hey you know what well, there are rules for us not to be on earth and to i'm paraphrasing here and not to um intermingle with humans for a reason it's not just to protect them it's to protect us from their influence yeah you have become weakened by humans i mean that was the entire point honestly of this episode i believe it has to do with castile i think that's going to pay off in the long run is the fact that he is for all intents and purposes he's more human than angel at this point 
Oh, yeah, I agree. And the fact that he's also, what what's the word we keep going back to, Thomas? The imbalance that the Winchesters have created. Yeah. Castile's mistakes being brought to the forefront yet again. He's responsible for a lot of bad slash good, just like the Winchesters. And are, but are they going to bring in him into the imbalance that we've been talking about this season? I think they have to after what he did to Billy. I mean, he has done a lot to upset the cosmic balance. Castiel has been anywhere from fucking up the apocalypse, to, you know, directly with the Winchester's help, to killing some of the most powerful angels like Raphael, to inciting a civil war, to bringing... He about- killed fate? Didn't he kill fate? No, they didn't kill fate. He was going to. Oh, okay. He was going to have Balthazar, but he, he stopped. But they, she fucked up heaven and and knocked all the angels out. He was a demigod for a period of time with the Leviathans. Yeah, he, you know, he, he's a Winchester. He's, he's done he's everything. Betrayed the done. angels multiple times in some ways, all while trying to help. He's been a human. Like he's gone through the fucking gamut of different trials and tribulations. Now, I think because of what he did with Billy, he does have to be a major part of the consequences. Yeah, this season that we're hoping is the theme that they're going to end yeah. up getting to, which, I, again, they brought it up. They don't. They didn't bring it up for the last two years for no reason. It, who knows how strong they're going to push us into that area this season, but ultimately it is leading to that. I mean, you hear Dean at the opening of the episode concerned about the cosmic consequence. Yeah, and that was a big element to this episode was Dean and Cass having a tiff, essentially. Yeah. A lot of people... A lover's to, quarrel. A, a lover's quarrel. A lot of people are talking about that on social media and through Reddit and stuff. It is different to see Cass and Dean not be on the same page or at least, you know, friendly, respectable towards each other. I think the last time we really saw this was when he had the mark of Cain in season 10. But this was a time where there was no outside influence other than a differing of opinion. And I know some people were thrown by that dynamic. I think it worked. I think you're not. All of us have had fights with our friends. Nobody's just 100 percent cheery. I think it makes sense all the time. Dean has already established. I think it fits within his character. He's already established that he wants to be the one to make the sacrifices. He's the one that wants to make the sacrifices. I don't make a sacrifice for me. Don't put yourself in in jeopardy because of me. And I think ultimately that's what it was about. It was about, you know, Kaz taking one for the team when it should have been him. He was in his mind. I'm sure he's the one that Billy was going to take. Yeah. Not Sam. Well, no. or he wasn't going to let her take Sam kind yeah. of thing. I think we need to backtrack a bit. Um, we want to talk more about Castiel's uh, past. I think yeah. we're jumping way ahead. Well, we, we, that's rabbit hole. We don't have Ryan interrupting <laughs> us. So we stay on track. Now, going back a little bit, we see his past and we see his original vessel. Another bit of a discrepancy or gripe about this episode I don't want to take away necessarily from the actress's performance. I, I know she's trying to do an established character, but there's a it's it was not the same caliber of John Winchester as Yellow Eyes setting up an established tone for how this character is going to be. And then the I don't remember his name. I really should. The actual actor of Yellow Eyes keeping the same characteristics to where Everyone who's been possessed by yellow eyes, it's you know that is how he acts. It's a stable and supernatural. Like, usually when you become another character... Lucifer, yellow eyes... If an actor is playing the same character, it just... You usually play it similar. Even... We even saw that with um, uh, the actor that played Lucifer this year. I forgot his name now. The singer. Rick Springfield. Yeah, Rick Springfield. Yeah. I remember we were really harping on that all summer long. He better play it 
yep. like Pellegrino did. He better play it like Pellegrino did. And, and, by, and, the, sure, and by the he time. He figured it out. Yeah. And he did it. Yeah. And that was, I have to agree with you. I, I didn't, the, the acting wasn't bad by any means. It was fine. It just was not Castiel. Yeah. And I'm like, this could have been a great moment to really have an actor show us who Castiel is. Castiel is without, and it doesn't matter what vessel he's in. Um, look at Hannah. When yeah. she uh, possessed the the male outside the dude the, in season eleven, yeah, outside the little playground in the entrance to heaven, like I believed that was Hannah. Yeah. That actor understood the characterization. The, the characterization. Ca- no, the um, traits. Yeah, the mannerisms. Yeah. The Manorism, mannerisms yeah. of the actress who played it before. And when he became Hannah, I was like, oh, I believe it. The, it was perfect. The You're just face, like, yeah, that's Hannah. The way they the talked. Eyes. The, yes, everything uh, matched and mirrored the, what we know of Hannah so far. And that yeah. was probably, and again, it is a little, it, this is a petty bitch, but it's something that we always harp on about, hey, if you're going to recast for a specific scene and they're playing the same character, let's make sure we believe it's them. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, think, and, and Misha has very, um, uh, not dramatic, but he very in your face mannerisms. There's, there's, um, that's Misha as a person. Yeah. There's mannerisms that he, you know, that, that, that come out, that oozes out in, in his performances. And it would have been nice to see her play Castiel, how Castiel, how Misha plays it. Well, not just that. I mean, it, if anything, it felt like she was invoking more of a modern Castiel who is a little more human, who is a little bit more in touch with human nature, whereas she's supposed to play Castiel from season four, who is stoic, unflinching, uncaring. Yeah. And he'd be like, yeah, you're dead. I don't know if I, if, if I was that actress, I probably would have uh, done my homework and look, you know, did the whole thing that comedians do on SNL and look at my face and, and, and try to really capture the mannerisms of Misha Collins yeah. as an individual. I mean, she may not have been given a whole lot of time because it's only one episode, but it, that did. It was a jarring. Maybe she just got out. standard union wages and she just didn't think it was, you know, <laughs> worth it. Hey, look, I'm getting a, day, yeah, it's a, it's I, a paycheck. Look, I'm a day player here. I'm getting paid, you know, the union minimum. Guess what, guys? You're what you get what you get. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that was it. <laughs> no homework here. Yeah. Well, because the other angels feel very much like in sync with that, especially at the diner. I mean, we're kind of moving a little bit around, but the diner scene with Isham sitting at the table and just that cold, stoic, I'm right. How, why are you hanging out with these lesser beings, barely even apes. addressing them, calling them apes? I felt like that I was like how that Uriel that's felt. like the derogatory statement for humans. I right. like it. I like it. It works. Yeah. But that that Castiel isn't there in that past. She she feels out of place with that group. Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. But ultimately the the scene was great. The scene was good. And the way it was laid out was good. And getting back to the entire scene and how they did it. I love the parallel stories. I'm a I'm a sucker for them. Uh, I think I've said this at least a dozen times on our shows. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Highlander TV series and the early seasons of True Blood, how they tell parallel stories of contemporary times and the period piece to kind of explore the background of a character. And I'm not talking like Arrow does it. I think the way Arrow does it has become terribly uh, executed and it's a mess. Um, But the events that happen in in the period aspect of the TV show... Um, neatly it, it, mirror it's, it's the there for today. a reason to either 
build the story, add the story, build character development. And I love it. I love those better. And I think they're underutilized compared to flashbacks. The easy thing nowadays yeah. is to do the flashback. And well, the, the thing with flashbacks is it's just a way to try and tell your story out of sequence because you feel the need to. Yeah. But if you do a parallel past and present and future kind of setup, it speaks more true to the character because it shows that how their decisions either A, don't change, or B, have changed. Right. It directly affects them as a character or their character arc. A flashback is merely a, a, a device in which how to tell something that happened previously. Right. Parallel story fits into how the character has or has not changed and yeah. how that's haunting them in some way. Yeah. So that element, I would not mind seeing more episodes like that. Would I'd they, be okay with that. Like, honestly, I really wish they would do more things like this with Castiel. And this is something we've been wanting how long have we been saying we wanted to see an old Castiel? For how long have we been doing this? Three years? Yeah, it would be awesome to see him in a different time period, obviously in a different vessel. It would have to be, but it would be a very fun uh, experience to delve into that version of Castiel. Uh, hopefully this isn't the, the first time we're going to see it, or the hopefully first not. and only time. Hopefully we're going to see it again. I think that'd be cool. A nice way to bring some of these characters back. Because I... I He's a douche, but I loved Isham, dude. The the threat yeah. and the power and the you don't fuck with this guy. And it was a strong performance. Strong performance by that actor. I wish I knew his name off the top of my head. I don't. But he is really he good. was intimidating. I was like, yeah, that guy's the boss, dude. And that's those all of those felt like seasons four and five angels. From Uriel to Zachariah. It felt like the same kind of oh fuck. They're about to stab somebody and not even care. Yeah. You know, whereas Lynn, like we said, later seasons have had more of a bumbling, goofy element to some of the soldiers or well, truthfully more of an incompetence. Yeah. These guys have seen some shit. They know how to fight. They're old world. They're old world angels. Yeah, they, they definitely are. I liked that. And the... I don't know. I, I was really hung up on how great that diner scene was. I know there was a couple people online who were bored by the diner scene. I'm I'm a huge fan of if you can keep my attention just with dialogue and what's happening at a fucking table. Yeah. Then you've you've written a good scene. Yeah. I, it took me. I had to rewind it to be honest with you yeah. to get what was happening because I was too busy laughing when they first walked in. And they're all like competing for room oh, for at, table room. space. Oh my god, dude! I was I was that was dying. so dorky. It was so fucking funny, man. It was, <laughs> oh my god, I I was I haven't laughed that hard in a long time for Supernatural. I don't know what it was. It, it, freaking Jensen's faces, man, and then Dean's or Sam's awkwardness, dude. I love like, when he's the, outside. I, <laughs> he's like, "You're gonna storm in in three, two, yeah. and he just goes in. He's like, god, "Yeah, it was so good." Yeah. It was good. No, I, I did like the diner scene a lot, though. Once I got through the laughing, I, uh, yeah, it was, it was good. It was a funny bit when they showed up, but that whole bit before with Isham just was, sitting there menacingly. It was, it was definitely know. well directed. And it was, it was weird to see somebody essentially put Castiel down. I mean, this is somebody who st stood up to Raphael, Lucifer, anybody else he's come into contact with. No one's ever really like made him look like a whipped dog. Isham, and that's, I think, something uh, that could be further explored with more stories from Cass's past in different time periods. For him to go immediately kind of like the person getting yelled at by a parent, 
or a peer or like a, a mentor teacher that you feel like he let somebody down by hanging out with them, but he's also defending hanging out with them. Yeah. You haven't seen anybody cut cast down like that. No. I thought that was a, a well done performance there. So hold on. What was that? We got to go to a live read. Oh, we're going to a live read, guys. Entertainment Earth, Thomas. What is that? Uh, bring Hollywood home. Entertainment Earth is a place to get all your geekdom wants from action figures, bobbleheads, to pipe pop vinyls. I have too many of those. And more Entertainment Earth is your one stop for your fandom needs. Since 1996, they've shipped millions of toys and collectibles to thrilled clients around the world. And now you, too, can jump on board the bandwagon. Um, Dude, I seriously have way too many pop vinyls. I have a lot, too. But they I fucking fill up the shelf. I have, like, all the Supernatural ones except, like, the metallic Variants. You can I'm, never have too many, Thomas. I've got Red Eye, uh, Crowley. I've got the FBI ones. I've got Bobby. I got <laughs> Angel Wings and Leviathan cast. Yeah, I, I have three. That's all I can take for now. I want more, but I just have nowhere to put them. There are a lot of them are in my closet still <laughs> yeah. in the boxes. But so, you can never have enough. Entertainment Earth, guys. Uh, you're going to see a lot of links on our website. Their affiliate. They have affiliated with us, I should say, and they're now our official affiliate, uh, and you can help us out, help the show out by just clicking on the links, and when you do want to buy some pop vinyls or some other... Or some other elements of geekdom, go through our links first. Once once you go through that link, buy until your heart's content. Uh, That helps us out. Or your wallet's broke. Yeah, either way. Because that's usually what stops me. Entertainment Earth. Uh, (laughs) Head over to RaymanDigitalMedia.com and click on those links. Now, one thing that has been thrown about, which has been something I've said since the end of season 10, cosmic consequences and Castiel's role in them. He's directly responsible for killing Billy the Reaper. We know he knows about the Nephilim and, and he's made mistakes in his past. One second. We oh. are going we are going to take calls today. On, oh yes. On cosmic consequences. So get ready. Uh if you're on the Rain Man digital app, you could just click the little call button and it should take you right into the studio. If not and you're calling from another device or whatnot, 818-394-0279. Uh what could these cosmic consequences mean? I want to hear what you think it could mean and what could happen. So, 818-394-0279. So, this is something that people talked about, is are they kind of setting up for a Castiel's death? And hmm. there's there's arguments, I would say, for both sides. I mean, we know that he's kind of got a return to form as this badass angel who doesn't really give a fuck. You know, he's killed Billy the Reaper, though, because of that same mentality. And he's allowed, he does not want the Winchesters to die in any way. He'll sacrifice himself or reason and logic to keep all of them alive and safe. Yeah. We also know that he's always kind of been nerfed due to some su- the Superman syndrome. Yep. And if he's more of a badass right now, and the British Men of Letters have, are a threat to him or are a, th- are a threatening force against them, or if they learn about Enochian magic or something happens. I mean, there's kind of setting up for the possibility that Cass will die. I think Cass is possibly a bigger candidate than Mary at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It just, to me, if you kill Mary, it, it, it all comes back to why bring her back? 
Yeah. Now, if she was an ongoing character in every single episode, all 20, what, 23 episodes? 23, 24. Uh, then I'd be then like, Then that'd oh. be something. Yeah, but the fact that they're pacing it out, I'm like, yeah, why? Why, guys? For five, six episodes, maybe 10 by the end? Yeah. yeah it's not going to be her. If someone dies, it's going to be Crowley or Castiel this year. Um, and See, Crowley's been in a hand, like, less than Cass. Yeah. So I don't necessarily see Crowley, especially because no. he's not a threat no, right I'm now. Just, I'm just throwing out names yeah. that would be uh, that would be uh, now this you know, is potentials. But I'm 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 kind of leaning to the fact that it might be Castiel, just to the fact, and maybe not Death Thomas. It could be also instead of Sam and Dean, something bad happening to them at the end of the episode, as what we are very accustomed to. It could be something like very bad happening to Castiel. Maybe, Maybe he's the one that's going to take the brunt of the cosmic consequence for for whatever a self sacrifice action. Yeah, I mean, this is something I've talked about since. If for those of you who have listened to us since season ten, I was saying that I thought that they had a great setup to a really emotionally draining, powerful exit for Castiel when Dean was possessed by the Mark of Cain, and right. he could have stabbed him right there, and that would have been setting up Cain's prophecy and the whole fucking thing. And it would have been a huge. Now, understandably, they would have had an issue with kind of with Lucifer, but there was ways to work around that. But and let's be honest, like, we none of us want Castiel to no, die. Nobody wants but Cass to my die. My love of Castiel it pales in comparison to like good story and good writing. And the if, Winchesters and the story and, come first, and right. And if they manage to tell a memorable, memorable story. If his then death, then I'm okay as long as we we if, if we remember this forever like we do Joe and Ellen's death Bobby's death and Bobby's death it and, needs to be that caliber yeah. of an episode but eventually I feel like they have to do it yeah I don't see Cass going back to life as an angel and that's just it for him at the end of the show I don't personally see that yeah so is this a possibility with the cosmic consequences I think it is yeah. I have no idea what that means. But between the Nephilim being so powerful and his mistakes of the past and possibly I don't see Lily Sunder directly being the one who kills him. No. I, I feel she's moved past that. Yeah. You know, the true revenge was against Isham and his betrayal to her, which, you know, gets into the relationship of angels and humans and how different that is for all of them. Right. But we've said Castiel's more of a human than anything at this point. Yep. I see him making that selfless sacrifice yeah so and uh let's not forget oh no go ahead sorry so i mean <laughs> the other relationships we see with angels we have isham's like possessive weird stalkerish crazy obsession with lily sunder yeah that's one example we have disdain and hate that we've seen from uriel and lucifer we have castiel's the most human relationship with them and we also have an example with Benjamin having this like really strange. I only say strange just because I don't. They didn't really explain a whole lot other than it's like this really strong connection with his vessel. I, and I would have liked to go into that a little more. I agree because before we've said they've always kind of been vehicles that that they just exist. You know, Jimmy Novak had like two scenes of his own, and then he's dead. And now Castiel is just a perfectly made vessel, I guess. Yeah. Um. We have Go call. ahead, guys. If you guys want to call now, what could these cosmic consequences mean? Um, give us some ideas. I want to hear your thoughts. 818-394-0279. Uh, call us. And meanwhile, we can keep keep yeah. continue where you were going. Now, 
I, I would have liked to see that a little bit more because it, it, I'm not sure if it was like a romantic relationship or like a true friendship. I didn't get romantic. I didn't really get romantic, but like this true. What is she making love to herself? Eh? I love you. <laughs> I love you. We've we've heard about Stranger Things. Now in would this that show. would that be masturbation? Though I would think so. Right, mutual masturbation, uh, but one body. Mutual masturbation <laughs> brings a whole new name to the definition of the stranger. Oh. Uh, <laughs> You know, your hand doesn't have to fall asleep for that one. <laughs> oh, man. Now, but I would have liked them to explore that a little bit. And then we have, uh, I can't, cannot remember his name, the, the Jesus lookalike angel. Yeah. Who was essentially like her husband at that time. Right. And we have the varying different ways. And I kind of like that because before we were just shown that angels are soldiers, they have no emotions, and that's that. Clearly, they have some. They're just not, you know, stable not that humans are stable, but you, there's a little bit more relatability with a human. <laughs> you have four different angels, you get four different opinions yeah. right there. But I would have liked them to delve into that a little bit more, but I do think Castiel is being set up to possibly take a fall. There was an interesting element that I thought was pretty cool with the new lore, I guess, of the relationship, I guess, of the angel. Maybe not new lore, but the new dynamic of the relationship between angel and vessel. Um, and something that came to my I guess the I guess was brought to mind when we saw this was there's a TV show called um, Outcast on I believe Cinemax. Okay, and it is about demons and uh, not angels yet, but demon and demon possession, and they really go into what the possession means to the person, and that's something that's kind of been slightly I guess superficially touched on with demon possession oh it's horrible you know I'm not I'm in the back of the mind I witnessed everything all the horrible stuff happen right and I think that's the I don't want to say the low-hanging fruit but that's I guess the easy route not the easy route but I guess the the common sense route like listen a demon possesses you and it's horrible just leave it at that but what happens if a demon possesses you and it's euphoric and that's oh, and shit. that's what was really cool about this TV show called Outcast on Cinemax was they explained demon possession as not being a bad thing that it's wonderful it's it like a bright sense. it's like a bright sunny day it's 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 a beautiful feeling and I really liked it because immediately my mind went to supernatural. I'm like, I really wish they would explore the dynamics of possession a bit more than the superficial. It was horrible. I was I was like a backseat of of someone else driving the vehicle. And this was almost them doing that. They were going into a different version of a relationship between Angel and Vessel. See, sticking with that real quick before we jump into the Angel Vessel, I like that idea because then demon possession is like a one-to-one relationship with drugs. Yeah. It does horrible things, but you can't stop because it feels so good. I like that idea. And that would directly feed into the concept that you know, the human plays a part in it and the corruption of the soul to make more demons. You know, that's, I like that. Damn, that'd be cool. Yeah, I, I, I like this. And I hopefully they go back and revisit these relationships a bit. Maybe not too soon, but it's a nice little add to to something that we've seen now since season five. Season four. Angels? Season four, yeah. Four. Angels. Yeah. So it was a nice little, little nod. I always appreciate when... Uh, not a nod. It was a nice little nugget. Like, I always appreciate the writers of Supernatural when they can give us something. A little bit of information that we've wanted but isn't necessary. Yeah or, yeah, or even something that, because again, I mean, you're going on, what, seven years now of there being angels introduced, and the fact that you can give us a little something more, it's exciting when yeah. we can get that. Yeah. 
it leads me to believe that we can visit angels again and not be annoyed with them and yeah not get annoyed or in fact look at this episode this entire episode was an example of that yeah that's true and i do want to know more about that specific relationship and more importantly i want to know more of the past and i'd love for these these actors to come back and reprise their roles as another castiel's flashback past story being told i would i'd like that i don't know if they will or if it'll fit into the story they're trying to tell but that would be really cool for me personally all right let's go in thomas is there any more we need to cover on this uh the last real question do you think we'll see lily sunder again yeah i think we will i mean we kind of touched on this before i think the enochian magic is too powerful not to have that show up again but not do you think thomas do you want I do want. I okay. liked the character. I liked the what she brought to the table with the new magic. I thought she's a good new ally for them. They have so few these days. Yeah. You know, and Cosmic Consequences could definitely use some help. Yeah. Hey, guys, don't be afraid to call. I know you guys are listening. 818-394-0279. Give us your thoughts on the Cosmic Consequence. What can it be? And if you want to add a little bit more to that, do you want to see Lily Saunders come back? While we're waiting for your call, Thomas, I do want to see Lily Sunders come back. I thought she was a nice addition to uh, our guest spots, and I think it would be cool to get to see her time and time. Like, don't kill her off. Ha- let's let's start adding as we have been with the Kim Rhodes and the the Brianna Buckmaster guest spots. Um, let's start adding to our 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 arsenal of characters that can help our heroes out from time to time. Let's start building up that team. Another. That's- interesting aspect about her though that they could delve into is every time she returns she could theoretically having used her magic be a little different yeah and we could see her change a walter white style what if she goes too far down that rabbit hole she's lost too much of her soul to really care anymore you know that would be an interesting dynamic it wouldn't just be like hey guys things are great let's have a chat it'd be you know, kind of like revisiting your friend who kind of started a drug habit and they say it's under control, yeah. you know, I'd I'd like that dynamic because I think it's something different that she would add to it as well as it would help us learn more about Enochian magic going forward. All right. Before we get into our final thoughts, let's open up Facebook and get into uh, the comments from listeners and see what their thoughts were on this week's episode. And then we'll finish up with our final thoughts. While you bring that up, Thomas, I'm going to read some comments from the chat room. Since Ryan hasn't been here, we've been kind of neglecting him. I'm reading it. I just don't have time to respond to everything. Uh, Let's see here. Ebony says, I think she will come back. All right. Um, Stacy, I guess some people are agreeing that Castiel may die this year. Ebony says, I have a bad feeling that Cass might die this season. Uh, let's see here. Um, yikes, but hmm, that could be season th- 13, the rescue of Castiel. Uh, that's from Sulfur Cocktail. So, yeah, you know what? That's what I was talking about. The rescue of uh, the search for Spock style <laughs> leading into the season premiere of 13. Like, even if we don't kill Castiel, I think it would be cool to have him be the one that's in jeopardy. Like we've seen, and I'm not saying send him to hell, I'm not saying to send him to purgatory, but something along those lines. The ending of the show isn't about Sam and Dean, or the ending of the premiere, or the season, isn't about Sam and Dean putting themselves in harm's way, or even Mary, because we kind of expect that, right? Right. Let's go the other route, and... And they're already building that up, and it would make sense for Castiel to be that one. Have him put in per- in peril, and then season thirteen, you know, starting off can be about you know 
the search for Spock style or the okay. rescue of Castiel. Yeah. I'd as, be okay with that. It'd yeah. be a nice change. Uh, from Facebook, Lauren McCabe. I apologize if I destroy that. Cass is an attractive female. Awkward to say out loud. Overall, it was a good episode. I do like the episode where the antagonist doesn't turn out to be who you originally expected. Plus, it gives us some old angel lore and a badass female character. The fact that she was human and knew how to counter angel powers was awesome. I'm noticing this season they're pointing out things uh, we notice as the audience, like how Dean starts talking about a strategy with Sam and Lily, or uh, tells them that she can hear him since she's standing in the right there in the hallway. I will say though, how does a slain angel leave a wing print if they are no longer if they no longer have wings? They still, have, I mean, we've seen it before. They have the it's wing bur- bones and like. It's fried fraction of the feathers feathers they once had. Yeah, it's, but it's, they it's, still it's have scor- it. It's scorched. Yeah, they're burned. They're, they're burned and fucked up, but yeah. they still have them. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Christina Johansson says, "I thought it was really interesting that Benjamin had a friendship with his vessel. Usually, angels just treat their vessels like tools. Would be interesting if we could see another angel like that. Yeah, okay. something we've talked about right. throughout this one. Uh, Avi Avi Demorat." Loved the episode. Just want to point out the great job that they are doing this season of keeping plot threads tight and Did reminding you say us. Did Demorat? Demorat? Demora? That was know. way overpronounced. Terrible, dude. <laughs> I guys, D- this is here. Demorat for future Facebook. Phonetically type your name right it's, before you. You made comments. it sound like another political party. There you go. Demorat. <laughs> Uh, doing a great job this season of keeping plot threads tight and reminding us of them, Nephilim, missing Rosemary, baby mama, cosmic consequences. They felt natural and not shoved aside for story purpose. Plus, is it just me or are all the new writers not getting out of the park this year? Also, this was the first episode this season that the human technically wasn't the villain. All right. Sulfur Cocktail says in the chart, uh, whoever this is has some great ideas. So Sulfur Cocktail says, I think it's going to be the Reapers. That's going to be the cosmic consequence. Oh, uh, they're, cool. they're gonna gang up, look for the Winchesters, and Castle sacrifice himself for them. Oh, dude, that you got like a scene from Ghost. They just drag him away. You know, yeah, the shadows. I, oh, dude, don't sell me on something. There you go. Unless it's gonna happen. Yeah, you like that, don't you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> that'd be dark. Oh God, that'd be good. Especially because remember, uh, I think it was Abandon All Hope, where all the Reapers are just standing there. Oh, one of the. Fi- Fa- Bach, my most dude. favoritist scenes. I think even a word favoritist. One of your most favorite. If, if you're Golem, it is. If favoritist. you're Golem, favoritist. <laughs> it's one of my favoritist scenes, man. Like, for real. Like, that scene is so epic, dark, mysterious. I mean, it creates the mood that they needed for that scene. That would be awesome if yeah. they bring that back. Tie that into the Nephilim there as well. Go. Shit. See, dude, we need to work for this show. <laughs> man, that's awesome. <laughs> Uh, Samantha Levitin, uh, Ashley, or Alicia DeWitt, I probably ruined that too, did a fantastic job as a woman out for revenge against the angels that killed her family. Shocking to find out that her daughter, who was human, got killed, but not too surprising that it's by the one angel that hates humans the most. That's weird. He had this like weird love-hate obsession. He was small man syndrome. He had small dick. Small dick He's syndrome. All, Bitch didn't love me. Now I'm going to kill her. What's that? Can you continue that one? I need to plug this thing in. Yeah. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, where did you leave off? <laughs> I love this Castiel central episode. We get a glimpse of his original team of angels preseason four way back in 1901. I couldn't agree more. I didn't get a clear look of Castiel's original vessel, but apparently it's a female vessel and I dig it. Always great to have Sam and Dean uh, be Castiel's true friends and allies. Former warrior Castiel has changed, but not uh, but for the better. 
Yeah, I agree. I think he has changed probably for the better. I mean, he was just this, frankly, a puppet who answered the call. He didn't make any questions himself. He didn't try anything different. But now he's his own man, essentially. Yeah. And makes his own decisions. It's a good character arc. Yeah. Uh, Margo E. Adams writes, I enjoyed the episode, but I love last week's episode better. I was waiting for Dean to commit uh, to comment about Castiel being a woman in the past. Uh, I think Cass killing Billy was a bit reckless. Now, did he was he even a privy to that, though? Like he didn't actually see he heard the story, but he heard the story. But I doubt Cass would say, by the way, I was oh, a chick. By he would just the say, way, I, I was there. Right. You know? Yeah. He was. He would speak as himself, not he would as, speak the, as, him, as the angel Castiel, not the vessel. Although it know? would have been funny, though. It, it would have been, would, been, been a good comedic moment, but it might have taken away from Castiel's story a bit. Who knows? Yeah, a- fair enough. Actually, was it Castiel? Yeah, it was Castiel's. I like Cas, but Dean is my fave, and Sam is my second favorite character. Alicia, who played Lily, was good. I like that she didn't want to hurt the Winchesters, and she was a badass. I do wish that she killed that douche angel who murdered her child (laughs) overall the episode is a b for me i think castiel had to do it for him to have any kind of redemption in her eyes you know she does it plus plus whether or not you agree with it one of the fundamental aspects of storyline or storytelling when it comes to revenge is when it's finally the true moment of you wanting revenge somebody else ends up killing them Right. Go back and watch any revenge story. You don't actually end up doing it yourself. Yeah. Most of the time. I'd say nine times out of ten. I agree. They I agree. die from their own hubris, the, the villain, or they fuck up some other way, or your friend takes them out. So you don't have that, quote, stain on your soul. Yeah. I agree that the satisfaction would have, more satisfaction would have came from her killing him, but it also would have taken away from Castiel's redemption. In her eyes, it, she could have been if she was the one who inevitably killed him. Then what would have happened was she would have went, would have, would have went. Okay, who's next? Yeah, you know, with with Castiel being the one to save her life, and she has kill, to question it she, exactly. Yeah, she's she's forced to look at Castiel and who ha, and who he is, has become and who he is now. Yeah, uh, I like this comment here. Chris Griffin says I had a lot of questions about angel semantics as per usual these days. As well as these clearly powerful Enochian magic Lily was wielding. Who gave her that? Was it during the darkness? Or did she have that during the darkness? What the fuck was that laser beam eye? <laughs> it was awesome. Fucking cool. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, Dean felt OOC to me. What does that mean? I think it might have been OCD. I don't know. Uh, but I suppose if the writers make the characters behave a certain way, it just becomes part of how the I character felt like, acts. I said like an old man. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what does that acronym mean? But uh, hopefully to see the mag- the Enochian magic come back into play. So yeah. yeah, pretty relatively positive about this week. The only negative I saw was on the Instagram. A lot of people were ragging on uh, one element. Um, they said, "Why are there why are there cosmic consequences for killing Billy the Reaper, but not for killing Death?" Um, and was well, not killing Billy. It, Right. It was breaking the blood pack. Yeah, and I was kind of like baffled that people didn't see that. And a lot of people were harping on that. And I'm like, well, it's there's a difference. They had a blood pact with Billy. D- Death was like, Whereas hey, D- do you want to ride out of here? I can give it to you. Yeah, there was no deal there with There was no Death. deal was made. But a blood pact was different. It, it's like the demon deal when you sell your soul, but like times a thousand is the way it's represented. Right, yeah. And Billy, whether or not she's dead... 
he broke the pact by one of the Winchesters remaining alive there. She's just kind of like the entity in which would collect. Right. So that's how she's I the, She's the male that. lady. Or the male, she's the, 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 male the, the male lady. person. The mailman, the mail delivery system? Yeah. <laughs> He's FedEx. Oh, Jesus. All right, you want to get into final thoughts for this one? Sure, let's do it. All right. Uh, do you want me to go first? Or you want to go first? You can go. I'll go first this time. Uh, for me, this one, I loved seeing the old angel vibe of threatening and indifferent or indignant towards humans. I loved Isham as a villain. I thought he was well acted. I thought all the angels were well acted um, I, and intimidating. I miss that feeling that when an angel shows up, you're just like, oh, fuck, don't piss it off because I can kill everyone in this room in a heartbeat. So I like they kind of bring that back to the forefront. I like the parallel storytelling rather than a flashback because, again, it, it fits to the characters and how they make decisions and we see how much they've changed. And that scene, even if I'm not a huge fan of how, you know, the older Vessel Castiel was portrayed by the actress, unfortunately, we see somebody gets murdered, no questions are asked. That's not the Castiel we know today. So we see how much he's changed over time. Yeah. Um, it had some funny bits with Dean, as always, but and him storming into the restaurant. I liked Lily Sunder. I liked the lore that was added to it. Yep. So overall, it's a pretty solid episode. Nothing in it particularly was groundbreaking or amazing for me, but it's definitely a, a good one. So I give this one a B plus. Your penis. It's a B plus. I think groundbreaking. For me, there was it. I wasn't like, holy shit, you gotta watch this episode. That's that's one of the main things for an A grade. What if the me. Nephilim is played by Mark Pellegrino? <laughs> holy shit, you gotta watch this episode. A plus automatically. <laughs> oh, you're so, that's so funny. Um, okay, so apparently OOC means out of character. Out of character. Duh. How do we not figure And Stacy's laughing at us for not knowing. <laughs> hey, I laughed at myself. I write things out. I don't know acronyms. <laughs> I, we're, we're, we're old men like that. I don't short <laughs> I don't shorten words in text. I say okay A Y. So so okay, so getting back to the point, I guess, on the Facebook post, so Dean was out of character. I didn't feel like I you know, I also saw that. That they said the few people said that they felt like Dean's characterization was all skewed up. I, I didn't I disagree. feel that way. I feel like people were just more upset with the fact that him and Cass were having issues. Oh, okay. And you touched on that. And yeah. I touched on that a little bit because nobody likes to see your friends fight. But the fact of the matter is you're going to fight with your friends at some point. Yeah. And like we said, Dean is always the one who, if he made the fuck up, he's fine with it. Yeah. If Sam, Cass, somebody else sacrificed or made the fuck up... He's mad at them. This has been established. He does that. And I yeah. think that it's just, it's a different dynamic we haven't seen from them in a long time. But it kind of brings them together at the end. Hey, listen, know? I like seeing your relationships challenge, you know, friendships Yeah, otherwise challenge. it's just the same status quo. Yeah. And that very same conflict is what kind of brings them about later because Dean, as a friend, is still there for him when he thought Isham was supposed to be someone he could trust. He's not, but Dean is, even if he's mad at you. Yeah. I think that's where that whole family's yeah. different than, is, is not just blood. Right. You know? Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't. I think uh, it works. Yeah, I, I didn't feel like anything was off with Dean's Yeah, I, I didn't personally. Hmm, it's interesting. Maybe I need to go back and check it out, though. Um, hmm. All right. My final thoughts. Uh, I, I like the writing. I think Steve Yoki is, uh, he knows how to write, number one. Uh, yeah. Whether we agree with certain things or acting decisions uh, on the part of the the female vessel, 
uh, for Castiel, I think is, is pointless. The point is, is that the guy wrote the hell out of an episode and for being, you know, a freshman writer on a 12 season show and he's able to kind of hit a home run two two episodes in a row is fantastic and i can't complain about that at all um i love the implications and the foreshadowing of the nephilim um i think dab does have a main goal and a myth arc planned i think he had to get some things out of the way uh and i think we're getting there now after this episode if not last week's episode i think we got a clearer picture of things to come and we got that moment now where we're like okay I see where this is all going. Yeah, a little bit. And I love the buildup on the Nephilim, the destroy of worlds, throwaway comments like that are so good. Um, I would give this episode, oh, parallel writing again. Getting back to the writing. I love elements like that. I don't think we can get enough of those. Uh, And I'm not just talking about in terms of history and contemporary. I mean, even parallel writing in terms of what's going on at the same time with other writers. We always say Robert Barron's is great at those those inner cut scenes. Um, it's more dynamic. It helps the time go by. It helps the flow of shows. It prevents, raises the tension. It, it, yes, and it prevents things from getting stale. It's a good f- style of writing, uh, specifically for a show like Supernatural, where you're de- where you're dealing with multiple characters. Uh, I would give it a solid B plus. All right, so that's two B pluses from us, and we'll find out what Ryan thought if we care enough yeah. for when he shows up again. Yeah, well, you know what? And let's just get into uh, the next episode, and then we'll close out. All right, so this upcoming one is episode 11 regarding Dean. Dean loses his memory. Sam enlists Rowena's help to track down an old world powerful family of witches after Dean gets hit by a spell that is rapidly erasing his memory. John Badham directed the episode with it being written by Meredith Glynn. Now this one from the trailer I saw does seem to be a goofy, funny episode. Yeah. Um, Meredith Glenn, she a new writer? She's a new writer, and she was the only other one she's written, as far as my knowledge, was episode five with the Thule, the one you've been waiting for. Oh, that was a really good episode. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now, I don't want to (laughs) be... I don't want to be a dickhead or too negative. Yeah, you you do. I do. I really do. No. I am curious and a little apprehensive on this one um from the trailer it does look like it could be funny and and you know we know jensen eckles can some, do, some of the hitler episode can do comedy great and the the hitler episode when it was being funny with like the boat in the antique store was funny yeah there were great the, elements the problem with that episode was trying to do funny with a non-funny subject material that we had been waiting for at least three years to kind of pay off now this, if it is a standalone, you know, fun episode, I think she can do humor. Well, so it could turn out pretty well. This is the silver lining here. John Badham is directing it, and he's directed Firstborn, The Hunter Games, The Things They Carried, Into the Mystic, The Vessel, We Happy Few. So all, he's done some all, good episodes. All those are solid episodes. Yeah. I love The Vessel. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to this a lot, actually. I'm, I'm hoping Meredith, I want Meredith Glenn. Is that who's that's her name, right? I yeah. want Meredith to redeem herself because I want to enjoy all writers of Supernatural. And I hate saying redeem herself like she did a terrible job with the episode. But I think that episode really fell short. And I feel bad for her because she's new. Uh, she's facing a fandom that's, you know, very passionate. We're including ourselves in that. And I want her to hit this one out the box for her. 
I do. I want her to like be happy with her position. I want her to have a great relationship with the fans. And I think if she hits this one out the box, I think her relationship with the fandom will completely change because a lot yeah. of people, I mean, I would say across the board, people really dislike the Hitler episode. I, again, I think that comes from subject material does not mesh with the story you're trying to tell. And maybe it's not even from, I, I can't remember. I need to go back now and watch it, but I can't remember if it was necessarily the writing or if it was just what we didn't want, but I felt like it might've been a little bit of both. It was a lot of both, frankly. I agree with you, though. I do want her to, again, redeem sounds bad, but I want her to knock it out of the park. I, I want her to have a strong episode that I can definitely recommend. I know, I mean, we all know, you, Mike and I know how hard it is to write. It's, it's, you put yourself out there. It's incredibly difficult, you know. But unfortunately, the only one I have to go on was so far the weakest of the season. Yeah. And, and not a very high episode on my own personal list. So... I think with the subject material being a little more lighthearted, it'll help. Yes. And also, here's another positive, is that it's regarding Dean, okay? Mm -hmm. We already know, except for the dog episode, that for the most part, Dean-eccentric comedic episodes are usually effing funny. Yeah. I still love, uh, was it Mystery Spot? Or was like, is this taco taste funny to you? Yeah. <laughs> He's just yeah. dead the I, I, next day. Dean ha- or Jensen has fantastic comedic timing. Even in First Blood, Sam sniffs at the food and it's gross and Dean eats. And he's like, yeah, it's pretty good. Just like his, his face is very dynamic with humor. Yeah. So, so the fact that this is revolving more around Dean rather than the, uh, the Thule. Yeah, I think, I think we're okay. And I think that's what it needs. It needs to be, take the humor because I know she can write some humor. Take that, give it to Jensen, let him run with it, and don't put any really serious threat in the episode to, to have that jarring disconnect. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that the other episode was missing, the full episode, it was missing this, honestly. Like... <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Like, th- this is what I was expecting. When Hitler's running around and everyone's getting shot... <laughs> Yeah, that fits perfectly. <laughs> it does, though, right? Yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they threw this in that episode, in the full episode. We should do that and put it on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, if they did that, it might have saved it. It might have saved it. It might have saved Go around killing people with this song. Oh, that would be the awesome. Whole, like, chasing through the hallways gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, we need to wrap. Yeah, that's... God, we're terrible. So, we're we're being positive and hopeful for this upcoming one. I think that's that's the safe <laughs> stance we're going to take with that right now. Yeah. Last little bit here, guys. Uh, one, the fan fiction contest. We are currently judging that. We are reading through the material right now. I spent my weekend reading a couple of them. Yeah, you did. Yeah. And proud of God you guys. Damn, Ryan some too. of these some of these are fucking long, guys. Like I love the passion, but holy shit. Yeah, we might need to put rules next time on uh on word count, maybe. Now, I don't want to bring this person any embarrassment. And, and, and not that hold on, not that we don't enjoy it, it's just time restraints. No, it's just it takes me a long time to read yeah, it. Yeah. You know? And I don't want to put this uh, this is not meant to be like mean spirited in any way, but one of them came to us as a PDF and it's it's much 
the print is much bigger, so it's not this many pages. But right. when I saw one of 540, I was like, holy shit. Oh, because the font was a little bigger <laughs> yeah, than the font's, the font's much bigger. Yeah. So it's like a paragraph per page almost. Yeah. But when I first saw that, I was like, this is going to take an a while. Epic, it's an epic tale. It's an dude. epic poem. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> That'd be awesome. But we are judging that stuff, so we're, we're working our way stuff, through it. It's some good stuff. Some great ideas. Yeah, I definitely like some of the ideas yeah. so far. It's been fun. So, uh, also, guys, make sure to check us out on Patreon. Support the show if you guys have the means. We love you, and you guys get additional two episodes. Two additional. No, hold on. Two episodes coming out within the next ten days. We have the mystery spot video version of the Chuck Chronicles, which is great. Oh God! Uh, also, the the um, cult, the cult the, the episode. Cult. That we just yeah. recorded today. That was done today. Yes, it was. and uh, it was. We had some fun doing that one. We got a little yeah. nerdy, but it was we fun. did. It was a Michael and, and myself. So, you uh, and, know. and if you guys can't do the ten, you know that what is it? The ten dollars a month for, for the, the for the premium stuff. I mean, if you guys can throw us a dollar a month, three dollars a month, three dollars yeah. a month, you start getting a lot of behind the scenes, which we're going to be filling that bad boy. I'm working up a on lot. something to, to help with that so. personally. So. Guys, if you can help us out or, or share our stuff in any way, Facebook, Twitter, you guys know all that stuff. We thank you for listening, and we'll see you all next week. I killed Hitler. I killed Hitler. I killed Hitler. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt.